By George, I think I've got it. Hydrosexual sinking. I saw that Bigfoot walking across the stream and I thought to myself, wow, they are real. I ask us all, is that really reasonable? Hydrosexual sinking. My personal belief is that uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. I'll show you a little of the evidence. Hydrosexual sinking. Researchers at Stanford University School of Medicine have pioneered a cancer vaccine that eliminated all traces of cancer in mice. You could find evidence of that, my friends. You could change the world. Hypothetical thinking. A podcast for the hypothetical thinker. Greetings, travelers, and welcome to Hypothetical Thinking. That's right, you guessed it. It's a semi-informative podcast that explores a journey from probability to possibility. I didn't know if you wanted me to say it or not. Uh, you got a long break there. <laughs> you almost got me. I know. <laughs> I, was, I was nervous. My name is Dick Floyd, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. I'm Taylor Nelson. I'm Johnny Clark. And we're also joined by Johnny Clark's butthole. Oh, the way the, this works you, is that either Taylor or myself <laughs> will do the research for our weekly episodes. Uh, and Johnny, sweet little Johnny, wearing stripes today and maroon pants, goes into every episode completely blind, very similar to uh, a mouse in someone's pocket. <laughs> I I wasn't ready for that the butt thing. That was the first time I was not like prepared for it. Today is all about flipping the script. That's what today is about. Flip the script. Taylor, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, went to the store. I picked up a brand new five star uh, notebook, spiral notebook today, for, <laughs> and I dubbed good. it a uh, a hybrid book. Oh, so, uh, oh shit. I'm gonna be writing all my notes in this new uh, this new notebook, so I can keep them all together. Man, I spent like. I, I cleaned up all my notes yesterday. I organized them all, saved them all together. So I got all my notes, episode by episode, stacked up in a nice, neat little stack. I'm gonna keep it going forever and ever. Tay, how you got, <laughs> man? Well, before I'll, I'll answer that in a second. Tay, what color is your notebook, and is it college ruled or wide ruled? Yes, please. Oh, it's a college ruled. Uh, it's a five subject, and it's white. Ooh, Ooh, I have that same thing yeah. in black, Tay, and I use that for all my notes and music and everything. Ooh. Typically, I would go with black as in everything I would get, but yeah, me too. I don't know. I went with the white. I don't know. It, it was I was drawn to it. I well, was drawn we to it. Photocopy the notes, and we should publish them in a hybrid book. I've thought about that. Like book. episode fifty, uh, or a leather bound, like, leather bound hybrid yes. book. I have all my with a pentagram on it. Oh my god! I have all my scribbles <laughs> yeah. per episode. Like every episode we've done, I have my scribbles of like what I write down on the podcast. I'm like, I wonder if we get big enough, we'll like actually make money off it. Nah. Nah, <laughs> it's all just hieroglyphics at this point, you know. Um, My Johnny, shit how, is chicken scratch. I can't even read it. <laughs> Johnny, how the hell are you doing, I'm bud? I'm so good, dude. We got the holidays coming up. I just did a uh, interview on XOTV, the streaming mm-hmm. service that that picked us up, mm-hmm. and it was really really fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was red. So I'm I'm great. Nick, how are you? I'm doing good. I, we ate, we had some apple pie today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. <laughs> so it was it was surprise apple pie. Surprise. So if you ever had surprise apple pie, upside down. Uh, upside down, broken crust, just completely fucked. Let's Dry be honest. ice inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was very good. Sitting well with my stomach. Guys, my shoes are off. My feet are planted. I'm one with the earth today. <laughs> one with the floor. With <laughs> well, the floor, which is connected to the earth. Who knows? One with the carpet on grounded. the final floor. <laughs> it is. It's grounded. I don't know. It's grounded. I don't know. I, I hear you. Is it? It's a myth. I don't, I don't know if it's a myth. You're not supposed to play instruments uh, barefooted. Like guitar, I, guess, I or almost always do. Me too. Uh, I always, actually, I always want to, but I've always been told not to because you could get shocked. That's like, so rock and oh, roll. Yeah, because that's why. Oh, Deadly yeah. oh, shock, son. 
Oh, well, I'm talking about like saxophone back in high school and like <laughs> piano. That cannot, unless you really play it hard. You know? <laughs> you just ripping a saxophone with the shoes <laughs> off? Dude, I used to rip that thing. No, Lisa Simpson. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm way better than Lisa. Than, than Lisa. <laughs> Guys, if you want to hear some sweet saxophone sounds like this every week, make sure to hit that subscribe button right subscribe. there. Subscribe. It's right there in front of you. Uh, if you're not subscribed already, make sure you are, because that means you get the episodes right when they come out, and you can listen to them on your way to work, uh, in the shower if you'd like, because it's 2018, and you can have waterproof speakers. I don't yep. know yep. if I like the idea of people listening to my voice while they're showering. It makes me I, feel weird. I mean, anytime. Anytime. It makes me feel, like, invasive. You can hi, bro, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't I matter. I mean... It's for you know, everybody. I feel, I feel <laughs> like everybody. I feel like you know the the strongest moments of listening to hypothetical thinking are, are when we all do like a a group sort of harmony. So but, should we do one right now? Who wants to be bass? Uh, let's just just all do one note. Just go. Ooh. Ready? Ready? Ooh. One, two, three. But we just said, yeah, that was just fine. random, a random coil of notes. I, I, I it was. was. Harmony, you, you mushed me. We're just trying to vibrate the shower. What? You guys have seen uh, the movie Howard Stern, Private Parts, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. So then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Johnny, you don't? No, apparently not. Ah, It's so funny. It's, I'll show you after. Cool. It's a pretty cool part. It's good, Viewers, but we're just trying to move water. We're trying to part water with our with our voices. You know, I'm all about uh, changing. Um, oh, what's it called? Finding the uh, resonant frequency of different objects. I, I'm not sure if I've said this in the podcast before. I found out in college that my voice, my average speaking voice I'm doing right now, has the same resonant frequency as or, Mickey Mouse. No, no, as uh, the wood seats in our in our uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, studio too. I would vibrate literally. I'd be talking like a speech or whatever, like a presentation, and people would zzz, like they're literally yeah, they're seats. Earthquake! It's so it's weird. Crazy. Man. I swear to God, it happened all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's an earthquake. Uh, He's the like, devil. Don't be, be nice. I'm gonna vibrate your seat. Damn. I have one power. <laughs> hey, oh, bros. Time to take a break to caffeinate. While you're listening to a podcast as unpredictable as ours, you need a coffee that's gonna keep you on your toes. That's why I reach for the strongest coffee on the planet, Death Wish Coffee. Available ground or whole bean. Hell, you can even get them in K cups. Available at DeathWishCoffee.com. That's deathwishcoffee.com. Uh, Taylor, you know, my day would be much better if uh, if you told me a little bit of news. Well, so well first I have, to, I have to put the brakes on. I have, to, uh, I have to ask you how you been doing, Nick. How you doing, buddy? We said we had pie. I said I had pie. I said I've been great. And you got shoes off. And I got my shoes off. And I'm grounded. Taylor, I had some pie. My, my feet are on the ground. I'm Listen feeling up. real grounded Christmas music. I'm going to rewind for a second. <laughs> I'm just going to hit the news. <laughs> so, Taylor, we're going to turn it to you with the news. <laughs> All right. Today is not really a current news story, but just something I tripped over on Facebook today. Okay. I don't know who posted it or where it was posted from or reposted from, but... It kind of connects to uh, the episode that we did a few weeks ago where we're sitting in the uh, the back 40 talking about if a, tra- if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Episode 33. <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> Anna Trupiano 
is a uh, a first grade teacher. And uh, what's different about this teacher is apparently she teaches a, a class full of regular students, and then there's a group of deaf students who apparently are in her classes as well. Where are you going with this? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is my favorite. Well, piece this of news. this got me really thinking about that episode after I read this. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> uh, so what happens uh, in her first grade class one day? Uh, one of the deaf students farted uh, quite loudly <laughs> oh my uh, in God. class, and the other <laughs> students turned and kind of looked, and they were laughing and stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so basically, this will be a truncated version of a, a talk that she had to have in sign language with this group of deaf students in her class, these first grade deaf students. About farting. So, yeah. So kid one says, why are they looking at me? Teacher says, because they heard you fart. Kid one says, what do you mean? Teacher says, well, hearing people can hear farts. Kid two, <laughs> who is totally horrified, said, wait, hearing people can hear all farts? <laughs> Teacher says, well, so well, no, you can't hear all farts, but some of them, yes. Kid three says, well, how do you know which farts they can hear and which farts they can't? <laughs> Teacher says, hmm, you know how sometimes you can feel your butt cheeks move when you fart? <laughs> well, those are the ones that you can hear. <laughs> oh, my God. And kid one says, well, tell them to stop listening to my farts. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's kind of, like, crazy. Like, never really thought about something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, I oh my, that's the cutest thing I have ever heard this side of the Mississippi. Oh my well, gosh! No, they, it, it really got me thinking about how man, what are these kids like at home, where their family apparently does not fart and laugh about it. Well, I laugh about farts all the time at the house. That, I, I think, know I'm 27 years old, like, old and like anytime my nine year old farts, I'm just like, you fart. She never gets. I think it's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Well, that's that's true because if if you, I think on the I don't know this for a fact, but I think the average parent with a sign language is ASL uh, kid. Yes. Um, <laughs> they probably also speak ASL, so I feel like they would have had that conversation. Like, what can you hear? What can't you hear? Right. Because yeah. like, I'm sure I wouldn't have known that clapping would make like audible sound until I heard it right it's right. hitting yourself really hard and then an applause makes sound like those things I think a parent would have said why didn't farts come into the equation right yeah well, I mean, it like, definitely should have at some point right but I mean I don't, <laughs> don't know like, listen first to my farts <laughs> yeah. the, the response like the unfiltered <laughs> so response is like, well, tell the hearing people to stop listening to my farts <laughs> Dude, yeah exactly it's right. precious. tell them to keep their damn ears to themselves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't listen to my farts. Uh, but like, I mean, first grade, like that age, like how often do you hear farts at home unless you're trying to fart? And like no one at that age is trying to fart because they don't even understand the process yeah, of farting yet. True. Even hear the hearing kids can, like don't understand what a fart sounds or feels like because they're still trying to figure well, out their own Well, in bodies. first grade, I think in first grade, you're pretty sure about what a fart is. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I know what a fart is now. I think I think you learn about farts pretty early. Pretty sure you but do. All, but I, then again, I, sorry. Uh, my bad, my bad. But yeah, but I would agree though, Nick. Uh, yeah, it would probably help big time to like hearing that fart is definitely a big indicator. It's like 
<laughs> it helps in a lot of ways, I'm sure, in <laughs> discovering what is a fart, what is not a fart. You know right. what I mean? So I guess not being able to hear it would be a real disadvantage. You know what's a crazy thought? <laughs> Unless to you're kids very with ASL trusting. or kids who can't hear that they're deaf, what is the voice in their head sound like? Because mine sounds uh, like d- yeah. uh, what I speak, which is annoying because I'm annoying. Right. But like, exactly how I talk in the exclamation and the diction that I use in the situation. Like if I'm mad and thinking it or if I'm sad and thinking it, the same exact thing I would say is how I say it in my head in that tone. So like, do they hear Morgan Freeman? Like what do they hear? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah. a really silky. Like what, like, like what, what would they what? hear? But yeah, I mean, if they have no, if if you know, if they're born deaf versus losing their hearing when they're older, which can happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're born oh, deaf man. and you have no perception of voice, is there a voice that you hear in your head if you've never heard a, vo- a voice yeah, you before? You can't describe it either. Yeah, there's not like vowels. There's not words. There's not that kind of stuff for you. Maybe, right. Maybe you don't. Maybe yeah. you don't. Maybe maybe you you see sign language in your head then. Right, kind of like I, how I, uh, I, I don't. This is <laughs> this probably is way off base, but what about how Chinese is like written in symbols? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right, maybe it's something like that. You know, you just picture it just like that in your mind. I guess. It's a, just a different language. I yeah, believe. Yeah, symbols. I think. I think the way your Symbolic. brain processes things is different. I, there's probably a study somewhere, and I would actually like this story is so funny and endearing and just it's, adorable, uh, like but also hysterical. That <laughs> I want to know. Like I would love to see the the difference in brain function of, of someone who, totally. can, who who is a hearing person and someone who's deaf and see the difference in brain activity between the two. I, that'd be hella interesting. While farting know. and while not farting. Like, you're I, I, yes, all related to farts. <laughs> yeah, only that being the test group subject. That would be <laughs> that's hilarious. Because I definitely believe, and I don't think it's just. I think Nick, Nick always says I'm wrong. Savants is that the name? Savant. Yeah. I, I I think aside from that, I think everybody with a disability, learning disability, or physical disability has something else heightened in their senses. So I would think it's really fascinating to what level or what degree. I know it's not black and white. Like at what spectrum do things get you know lesser or more heightened in their cognitive thought process or right. brain mm, activity? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. Because it seems to be that all of mine are gray and not functional. <laughs> I'm just like very, like just a snail's face. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's the thing. It, like, it is so funny, but it does bring up such a good point. And uh, that's the cutest uh, thing. Yeah. That's just the cutest thing. You know? It was that, cute. Yeah. It was kind of heartwarming when I, you know, it's, it's kind of fun when, you know, when farts can really put a smile on your face, you know, and oh, just kind of warm you up. I feel like that's why the news was so compelling is because it took, farting to a cute place to like a place of happiness and joy exactly and it just with the way everything is with the society yeah, right now yeah. like to just stumble upon this story on on social media which is mostly <laughs> negative and it's just like oh farts and <laughs> yeah. and adorable kids and also shining a light on disability Dude. this is a fantastic joy bringing yeah. story that's I what mean, we need right now that's about, a perfect mixture six years of life think about Six years of life, that kid has been farting everywhere, and just <laughs> just Ripping. people been looking like, what? What that kid just farting? Just farting? <laughs> I mean, what are the things you do? You you burp? I mean, like I, I know I know a, people, a couple people who were deaf who make sounds and they can like say certain words, but right. like what else do you think they have? They can make sound, <clears throat> and they have no idea, like burping, like 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 do they sleep? Huh. Like make sounds? Like can they? Can they do that? Can they whistle? Like, like, I wonder if there's other things that, like, they don't know make sound. Like, I don't want to, like, clapping. 
Like that. Because like, well, you can feel clapping. But you can like, feel you can farting. Feel that and feel slapping, clapping. You never farted snapping. that Snapping. You can feel uh, I mean, it, but yeah, you you farting, just, yeah, if you didn't know that that's, you know, how I sound guess. was created. Ah, so fascinating. Right. Yeah. Uh, that I I like that news. That's there's adorable. A, there's a I mean side note. There's a <laughs> no, great. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> there's a great movie on Netflix called Hush about uh, a deaf woman. It's a horror movie about a deaf woman who basically is home invaded, and it's the whole movie is her trying to like fight this home invader off, and it's really fascinating. It kind of explores the idea of the things you know a deaf person cannot hear. Uh, and how that can be perceived to someone who is hearing, and also hunting someone else. So it's it's super interesting. And you should check it out. Check it oh, out. Okay. Okay. That's okay. a good one. Well, shit. That was great, Taylor. You heart you warmed my heart again, and you warmed Johnny's heart for the first time. <laughs> With the for news, the, not the in life, time. not in life, just the news. Yeah, I feel like news doesn't often. I remember Taylor's thing with the the plane that let the blue. You know, slushy out of the sky, the lady in that tank that that was uh, that was Mary, heartwarming. Mary in North Carolina, that the Bigfoot. Nothing really like warms my heart like anything that's kid related that that's adorable. That's and just, farts. Yeah, there's a lot Johnny, of like, poop related yeah. and fart related news that we have. I like it's uh, cool, man. It's cool. I mean, my nickname yeah. at Several, work was yeah. Toots for a while. It was Toots. Toots, and Johnny just like he just likes butts. Like, I don't you, you like were, butts. Do you, do you tie? You, if you tie, yeah, he's a butt I'm guy. Not if a you butt tie guy. butts back to Johnny, he it, it warms his heart. So, guys, if you see Johnny on the street, Never. just talk to him about butt don't. stuff. Don't ever, no, I refuse. <laughs> Taylor, thanks for that. Don't you ever. News <laughs> I don't, I'm not a fucking sassy bitch. I just like, don't make me sound like an ass. Somebody grab a don't. Snickers. <laughs> there, okay. there he is saying ass again. I'm telling you, he's I a butt ju- guy. I just. I'm done. Okay, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Taylor, thanks for that piece of news. This is a great, uh, this is a great way to start off. Hey, you got it. No problem. No problem. Happy, happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday! It's Thanksgiving week. Monday. It's Monday. Thanksgiving week. Monday. Dude, speaking of bonsai. I <laughs> dove in and signed up for the YouTube premium shit just oh, so red? I could finish fucking uh, Cobra Kai. Damn, oh dude, God, you just you just it. funded part of Logan Paul's life. You know, How do you feel? What? What are you talking about? Well, he makes money off of YouTube. Hey, man, that guy's rich already, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. yeah, but he's richer now that you're paying. What? No, I'm not paying anything. I'm just getting the first month for free. Oh, perfect. Then you're going to cancel. <laughs> yeah, dude. Perfect. Yeah, there's like eight movies available on there. Taylor has like 50 different emails. He always logs into to get different like, subscriptions for free. The following podcast <laughs> yeah, is not sponsored by YouTube Red. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Yeah. It never will be after the comment that I just made. Nah, nah. Well, yeah, I need to watch Cobra Kai still. Dude, but it was the- badass, man. It got me It got me uh, really teared up when I thought about Mr. Miyagi. <sighs> I, I, the holidays are coming up, so it's time. Uh, maybe next week we'll do uh, fun things to do over the holidays, or maybe before the holiday episode, maybe we'll take a break, but we'll do a whole episode about our favorite uh, conspiracy theories and mysteries. We'll talk about movies you can yeah. watch. Uh, Dude. Do like recommendations. That'll be a fun time. Hell of a fun time. This podcast is also sponsored by Future Monsters, a premier apparel store with pop culture and horror focus. Each product is handmade with quality materials, so not only does it look good, but it feels so, so good. No mass-produced cheap garbage here, with designs inspired by King Kong, 
the Wolfman, and much more. These shirts are a must for every occasion, whether it be nightclub, metal shows, weddings, and of course, our favorite, podcasting. Head over to futuremonsters.com and enter the code HYBRO, that's a capital H-Y-B-R-O, at checkout to save 10% on your next purchase. We know we'll be doing that as soon as possible. Listen, I mean, it might be fun, but I don't know if it's going to be as fun as today's episode. Oh! Nick, okay, listeners, Nick has been going on and on about how great this episode is. Don't set is. it up to them, because if they fucking hate it, well, I, well, they could hate it. But you, but you, now you set me up for failure, Johnny. You've been just saying, to you guys. You could have, you could have told me that it was normal, but you were like, Johnny, this thing's awesome. I'm excited about it. All right. Okay. All right. I don't know anything about this, so I can't verify. It. I, I, I took one stab at a guess, and it was apparently extremely close. Right? It was. So it apparently, was, yeah. the way this works is that Taylor and I go in every episode completely Taylor blind. Lately, yeah. we've been doing that. Yeah. We've been yeah. doing this for <laughs> well, 35 weeks. Well, we can use our computers, so whatever. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm more Dark Ages than you guys, but we're, we're still blind. Sounds you to be good, baby. Baby. <laughs> All right, let's dive right in. I'm pumped, and uh, it's going to be a doozy. This is an epic journey. Uh, See, you keep pumping. You're pumping it up. Uh, it's, I'm just, it's epic. It's long. It's going to be a long journey. And I, an I'm, odyssey. I, 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 I'm glad that I'm going out with my three best friends. Two best friends. <laughs> Two best friends. Unless you're your own Roll best friend. I'm a best friend. Team. I am too. <laughs> All right, here we go. Just the three of us. <laughs> you and I. <laughs> Fate. <laughs> Fate. Fate. The development of events beyond a person's control, regarded as being determined by a supernatural power. Okay. While I do not believe fate is something supernatural, I do believe it is a predetermined event that falls into one's lap throughout their life. Fate can happen more than once. It isn't just a single occurrence. Mm -hmm. But while some call it fate, we here at Hypothetical Thinking call it synchronicity. Oh, shit. <laughs> and while the idea of synchronicity is based strictly on the simultaneous occurrence of events that have a casual connection, it is still something that we, as Hybros, experience almost weekly. I, damn almost near daily. daily. Okay, damn near daily. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, especially now that we've talked about it outside of the podcast. <laughs> I don't even tell you guys how much. Yesterday, my dad was like, I should get an owl. What? Who an owl, an says owl? that? Yeah, he just randomly Wait, says that. Wait, dad wants to buy an actual owl? Yeah, he wants to have an owl as a pet. And I'm like, <sighs> holy, dude, it just, it's, uh, Can he name it Hybro? Dude. <sighs> Man, possibly. Randy. If your Randy. dad gets an owl, dude, we have <sighs> to travel there the day that he gets it. Like, as he's getting it, we have to get all the footage of him getting this owl. Yeah, yeah. Adopt an owl? We have to. Uh, <laughs> well, no unlike way he's getting an owl. What? Yeah, well, he doesn't get but he wants to. <laughs> unlike the minor synchronicities we've experienced on recent episodes, such as Taylor and I eating the same snack, or all of us <laughs> wearing the same color shirt, today, throughout my research, I discovered a synchronicity so insane that I feel like calling it fate would be more fitting. Mm. But we'll get that. We'll get to that. What? <laughs> fuck! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. You can make a compilation every time Nick just like bobs a word up and then like loses his mind. You make like a whole Alright. On the evening of November 24th, 1971, 
a middle-aged man carrying a black attache case approached the flight counter. <laughs> attache? Yeah, attache. What is that? Okay. What is that? Yeah, what is that? It's a black briefcase. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> attache is what they had on Wikipedia. Okay. Black attache. <laughs> Samsonite. Man. <laughs> Samsonite case. Uh, a middle-aged man carrying a black attache case approached the flight counter of Northwest Orient Airlines at Portland International Airport. He ad- he identified himself only as Dan Cooper. Ah, okay. And used cash to purchase a one-way ticket on flight 305 to Seattle, Washington, which was only a 30-minute trip north. Yeah. Cooper Shouldn't boarded the aircraft, a Boeing 727-100, and walked towards the rear of the passenger cabin to take seat 18C, okay. which was disputed by several accounts, as one said it was seat 18E, and uh, the other said it was seat 15D. So we've established that there's at least five seats in this plane. So it's a two and three? Yes, it's okay. a two and three. Uh, he lit a cigarette and ordered a bourbon and soda. Fellow passengers wait, described... Wait, 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 wait. He lit a cigarette? This is 1971. Long time ago. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I missed that fact. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, how weird was that? And he could smoke. Yeah, how can you... Smoke on an airplane. How did anyone yeah, be like, all right, nuts. we're in a dangerous place. They, an unknown, like, not as known now how safe it is. Well, not much like, air just, and shit, right? I mean... Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're already... It's, it's already recycled air. And you're and it's filled with cigarettes. You're smoke. right next to somebody. Like if uh, I was, even if I was back then, I'd be like, "Yo, can you fucking put that out, dude?" I wouldn't fly. And when did they? Yeah. They definitely had filters on cigarettes then, right? I guess. Well, yes. I'd still have a fucking you know squirt gun and be like, pew, 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 fuck "Yeah, off. the filter." They, they were the the filter were cigarettes, and then I think shortly after they weren't, and then that's when they banned them on planes and then on uh, in, in, uh, indoors as well. Smoking uh, is prohibited. Yeah, so fellow passengers described the man as being in his mid-40s between 5'10 and 6' tall. He wore a black, lightweight raincoat, loafers, a dark suit, a neatly pressed white collared shirt, a black clip-on tie, and a motor, um, I'm sorry, mother-of-pearl tie pin. Nice choice. Nice choice. Just a nice little pin. Uh, It's important to note that Flight 305 originated in Washington, D.C. to Seattle, with stops in Minneapolis, Great Falls, Missoula, Spokane, and Portland. That's yeah. a lot of stops, baby. That's a lot of stops. Wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> I'm confused. Let me try to start back. The flight from, from Portland to Seattle was 30 minutes, but he did all these stops? No, so the flight, flight 305 originated in Washington, D.C., the, and then stopped okay. at Minneapolis, Great Falls, Missoula, Spokane. And then picked him up. Seattle and Portland. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense now. Uh, it was approximately one-third full when it left Portland on schedule at 2.50 p.m. Pacific time. This is where things got uh, a little crazy. <laughs> Shortly after takeoff, Cooper handed a note to Florence Schaffner, the flight attendant situated nearest to him in a jump seat attached to the aft stair door. Schaffner assumed that the note contained a lonely businessman's phone number and dropped it unopened into her purse. Cooper then getting impatient, leaned toward her and whispered, Miss, you'd better look at the note. I have a bomb. Look at the fucking note. What? Look at the fucking note. What? Yeah. Look at the fucking note. That's on the plane? On the plane. While they're flying. While they're flying. He looks at her and says, you look at the note. After lighting a cigarette, (laughs) ordering a bourbon and soda. (laughs) That's pretty gangster. That's pretty gangster. 
Well, this, nope. is, <laughs> this is this is pre nine eleven, so you could still, still yes. say the word bomb on an airplane. Has he not has he shot. broken a sweat yet? Right. No, he's no. He's just like. My miss opened that uh, have a bomb. Yeah. Man, That's whisper. fucking wild. Whispered. Did, didn't well, want to draw he's attention. He's not going to yell. He's like, I have a bomb. He whispered. But like, think <laughs> about like What? To whisper over the loud sound of takeoff. like Because it's hard to whisper on an airplane. It's it very is, hard to whisper like, on an airplane. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah. Keep that in mind. Uh, so after whispering, Florence calmly reached into her purse to open the note. It was printed in neat all capital letters with a felt tip pen. Its exact wording is unknown to this day because Cooper later reclaimed the letter. <laughs> uh, but Schaffner recalled the note said that Cooper had a bomb in his briefcase. So I was like, there's no other way. Yeah. It it is, I have a bomb. <laughs> I have a bomb. It's like, come away with me. Like, like his, hide, hide here. In his attache briefcase? What was it? Attache. 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 So you're saying this attache, this briefcase, is. has just a big section in the center that just harbors a bomb? That's the way it looks? Yes, attache. Look it up. I want to know what it looks like. Because if it's a normal briefcase, it has to be a small-ass bomb. I mean, a small-ass bomb. Uh, like a at, aircraft, an attache. I typed it in. How do you spell attache? A-T-T-A-C-H-E. Attache? Attache. <laughs> Uh, a small, okay. thin suitcase used especially for carrying papers and documents, but also can carry a laptop. Yes. Uh, so it's a okay. slim it's a slim briefcase, essentially. Is yeah. what it is. And it so just looks has, like, a, like a fucking briefcase. This is a fucking briefcase. He looks at her and says, I have a bomb. Yes. And then she recalls the letter. So back to camera one, as Taylor would say. Mark! After Schaffner... Read the note, Cooper told her to sit beside him. She did as requested, then quietly asked to see the bomb. Wait, wait, wait. Why? Huh? This this is a flight tenant, right? Yes. And she's like, hey, can I see it? Yeah. What? Whip it out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you flexing on me right now, bro? Let me see his bomb. Like, you, I mean, you got to see it, yeah, if you're going to comply, really. Right. He doesn't like, have show a me gun what you're or anything. With. Uh, he doesn't have, like, a weapon on her at this point, right? True. Yeah. So show me the bomb. It gets weirder. Okay. Like this is not the weirdest part of the whole thing. Okay. Uh, so she requests to see the bomb. Cooper opened his briefcase long enough for her to catch a glimpse of. Wait for it. Eight red cylinders, four on top of four, attached to wires coated with red insulation and a large cylindrical battery. Oh my god. Sounded like something like a stick of dynamite from MacGyver. Like that, that sounds very shit, very acne like. It does. <laughs> like that's a lot of shit. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, dynamite. It, it just it seems like something out of like Die Hard. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. <laughs> like it could just be a pipe bomb or some. I mean, I don't know C four. It just feels like that's a lot of stuff. Uh, okay. Write that. Write that down, Johnny. Wait, I don't, it's important. You were a lot of stuff. You said a lot. Well, of no, stuff. just write the thing that it looks like Acme Dynamite. Write that down. Looks. Wait. Hi, okay. Yeah. Like the coyote supplied this thing. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, I, I just want to say, as far as synchronicity goes, if you missed it, I want to reiterate the date of this is the evening of November 24th, 1971. <clears throat> uh, that's the week of this podcast airing. You want to know what's awesome synchronicity? Get out of here. We are 17 um, weeks or episodes from a year for this podcast. Ooh. Holy shit. Weird. I think that day is also Thanksgiving, isn't it? November 24th? Yeah, it's the evening of Thanksgiving. November 24th? November 24th. That's my dad's birthday. What the hell is going on right now? A second ago, which we just talked about my dad. What, your dad's birthday is November 24th? November 24th. That's when this happened. 
What the This fuck? happened on your dad's birthday. Oh my gosh. Uh, Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> Wait, so your dad's birthday is November, November 24th. 24th. 1971. November 24th. No. Well, no, I mean, not, no, not, sorry, not 1966. But still, but he, was, he was. Your uh, dad was in the West Coast. He was. He was. He like, was in well, the West Coast, seventies, uh, right? He was trying to no, be a, uh, the astronaut. Was West no, Coast? No, he right? he moved to California in college. He was in Traverse City, Michigan. Yeah, so six plus five is uh So he was five years old when this happened. Holy shit! Okay, so not so only it's not your dad. <laughs> You're accusing my father We've of having a him bomb. Out. <laughs> 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 we gotta make sure who has this bomb. Oh uh, my gosh! So not only did, did this happen on the evening of Johnny's dad's birthday, yeah, but this also happened the same week that this episode is airing, oh, which is dude, insane. I'm, so I'm uh, right now, yeah. So anyway, that's not the only. Th- I'm telling you, it gets- that that shows you if we take a second to like try to figure out and try to make synchronicity happen, it just like falls into our lap. It's fate. Yeah. Oh, just wait. I'm telling you. Lufthansa. I'm telling you. Okay. 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 All right. Here we go. So after he closes the briefcase and. Uh, this MacGyver-esque dynamite has been described. He then states to Florence that he demands $200,000 in negotiable American currency, which equates to roughly $1.2 million now. Nice. Roughly. It's it's more out of her her pocket. Yeah. Uh, Four parachutes. Four parachutes. Two primary and two reserve. And a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival. So he plans uh, on landing there and taking off again. Yeah, yes. landing in Seattle, wrong. collecting these goods, taking off. Yep, and then or maybe jumping out with parachutes. We'll find out. Okay. Uh, Schaffner conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit. When she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. Wait, wait. He just like whips them out. He's like, well, "Now I'm a cool guy, yeah. Johnny Cage." <laughs> Johnny Cage. Uh, the pilot William Scott reached out to Seattle. Tacoma Airport Air Traffic Control, which informed local and federal authorities. The 36 other passengers were given false information that their arrival in Seattle would be delayed because of a minor technical difficulty. This is normal. No this big is a, deal. This is normal. Yeah. A normal thing for pilots. NBD. They go through <laughs> training, and like my older brother said this, like every single week there'd be a random bomb that would uh, show up in his, uh, his simulator, and he'd have to basically tell, like, radio to the fake passengers and say like hey there's a minor in- inconvenience and make up a story and Keep this is calm. A- yeah. exactly but like imagine that you're flying a plane and you, you hear um uh captain nick uh there's a bomb in uh, 18e and you're like fuck okay um it's the third time this week <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm too old for this shit i'm too old for this shit. liam neeson stands up you're like how the fuck oh my this gosh <laughs> i have a bomb i've been trained for this This is 20 years too early Uh, Northwest Orient's president Donald Nyrope Authorized payment of the ransom And ordered all employees to cooperate Fully with the hijackers demands Okay the aircraft circled Puget Sound for approximately two hours to allow Seattle police and the FBI sufficient time to assemble Cooper's parachutes and ransom money and to mobilize emergency personnel everything to is, evacuate the passenger. Everything's there. Cash. They're getting everything prepared as if they're going to comply. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Schnaffer, Schaffner, Schaffner? Not William Shatner. Uh, <laughs> it has to be Shatner. It's, I've met it's him. William Shatner. Yeah. Because he uh, was on the wing. He was a rocket man. Schaffner recalled that Cooper seemed familiar with the local terrain. At one point, he remarked, looks like Tacoma down there. 
as the aircraft flew above it. He also correctly mentioned that McCord Air Force Base was only a 20-minute drive at that time from Seattle-Tacoma Airport. Uh, Schaffner described him as being calm, polite, and well-spoken, not at all consistent with the stereotypes popularly, popularly associated with air piracy at the time, which apparently was a serious problem back then. Air piracy. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, no, no, it was skyjackers. Skyjackers. That skyjackers, was the, yeah. Yeah, skyjackers. That was Probably because you could, plate. like, jack the right plane and get, like, a bunch of cocaine or uh, something. Right. Thousands oh, yeah. of dollars of cocaine. Yeah, and then you just set. Uh, air pirates at the time were described as enraged, hardened criminals, or take me to Cuba political dissidents. Like that's yeah, how exactly. they were described. Uh, he was not that at all. This was a guy who was calm and knew that knew exactly what he was doing. It planned out. Uh, Tina Mucklow, Muck, yeah, Mucklow, another flight attendant, agreed he wasn't nervous. She told investigators he seemed rather nice. He was never cruel or nasty. He was thoughtful and calm all the time. He's huh. like, look. I know I could gamble this. I know I could work hard. I just want this money, and nothing's going to go wrong, but yeah. this is the easiest way to do but it. But I'll blow everybody to smithereens like, if it doesn't. Just It's chill. It's all chill, which I think I'm, this is going to sound really bad, but that's the way to that's do it. That's why I'd hijack. That's, that's the way i bad guy. Yeah, you got to do that. You got to get the civilians on your side. They don't know like, who the good guy and bad guy is, really, unless you really are treating them like a yeah, butthole. like fucking right. Thanos was like explaining his opinion spoiler alert keep um, the avengers out of this okay fine any any super <laughs> how about jaws like they, they, they're, there's, there's keep not, giant sharks out of this there there's there's a way to convey your your negative plan in a mm-hmm. way that makes it sound uh, relatable to a person that is swoonable like a, 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 a well besides their life's in danger besides that point he, there's a way to like convey that he's not a complete ass. So he's like, listen, I have right. this problem, but if we do the math, everyone gets 10 grand. Uh, <laughs> fuck right, yeah. yeah. I'll split it all I'll up. I'll split it all right now. <laughs> like, it affects no one really on the plane as long as all the demands are met. You know, all they right. have to do is just, like, follow the plan and... Dude. I don't know if he's cool enough. They won't blow the that he he won't blow the bomb off, right? What if? Oh shit! One second, Nick. What if this was all <laughs> planned not just by uh by Schaffner, but everybody, and literally like the flight attendants, the captain, the, the passengers, all had this prerequisite notion. They're like, "Hey, this is gonna happen today, and we're all gonna walk away with lump sum of two hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever it was. We're all gonna split it, but we're gonna have this story set in place. And no matter how he he acts, we're all in this together." That's a good call. Yeah, I mean. It could be good. Yeah, I think they would cool ask for story. more money, though. I mean, it would be I was way thinking more that in the first place. It seems like not a lot of money, but still a million bucks. I mean, I guess it's one million dollars. But then again, you know, when, when you divvy it up and split it amongst as many people as you're talking about that are on it, flight attendants and pilots, that money is not worth but it. But when Dr. Evil asks for like trillions and trillions of dollars, it's unrealistic. There's, there's un- exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this guy was so nice, in fact, that he ordered a second bourbon and water Paid his drink tab. What? And offered yes. to re- to request meals for the flight crew during the stop in Seattle. Wait, wait he, he asked for them to get? Yes. What do you guys want? Yeah, we're pick, picking up Arby's <laughs> with the rest of this <laughs> shit. What do you guys want? <laughs> Starbucks. He's, he's my friend now. Also, side note, what? no joke. Uh, I just got texted a picture of an apple pie that someone just made. What? I'm not even kidding. We you. ate apple pie today. We had apple pie today. Anyway. People have to be having synchronicity in your life. I swear, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a forger, a liar when it comes to these kind of things. I don't. I don't fake it. This literally, 
Synchronicity is crazy, dude. It's. I'm gonna see an owl tonight. I know I'm gonna see an owl. I know oh. it. I know it. I hope. It's blowing my fucking mind. So anyway, and I, like I said, this just keeps getting. It keeps getting crazy. Right, well, make it crazier. Uh, so the FBI agents assembled the ransom money from several Seattle area banks. Ten thousand unmarked twenty dollar bills, most with serial numbers beginning with the letter L, indicating uh, issuance by the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, and most from the. 1963A or 1969 series and made a microfilm photograph of each of them. Uh, Cooper rejected the military issue parachute offered by McCord Air Force Base's personnel, instead demanding civilian parachutes with manually operated rip cords. Okay. Seattle police obtained them from a local skydiving uh, school. Which is really interesting. Like, why he wants to, the manually operated rip cord. Like, he wants to be able to pull it. He's like, I want to be a badass and feel like a badass. (laughs) Well, so you're you're telling me that he not only wanted the, uh, to go down as like, uh, I got them dinner, I got them lunch, I am super chill about this, and I'm a badass falling from the sky. Did he ask for like the American flag? And write that down too. He, write he down the American flag on the, the sky thing. Really? It's Nick has never asked me to, to write things down. There's just a lot of information. Just, this I'm, is I'm a impressed. I'm massive story, but I think it, we can collectively put this together uh, uh, to, as a team. And you, or you've already figured it out, you're saying? No. Okay. I have not. Uh, <laughs> at 5.24 p.m. Pacific time, Cooper was informed that his demands had been met and at 5.39 p.m., the aircraft landed at Seattle-Tacoma Airport. It was more than a ha- uh, sorry. It was more than an hour after sunset, and Cooper instructed the pilots to taxi the jet to an isolated, brightly lit section of the apron and closed each window shade in the cabin to deter police snipers. Northwest uh, Orient's Seattle Operations Manager, Northwest Orient's Seattle Operations Manager, Al Lee, Approached the aircraft. Owl? Al. Al. Okay. A L. Okay. Al Lee approached the aircraft in street clothes to avoid the possibility that Cooper might mistake his airline uniform for that of a police officer. He delivered the cash filled knapsack and parachutes to the pilots via the aft stairs. Once the delivery was completed. (laughs) Wait, wait. He delivers the parachutes and the money. He's like, is this guy really as cool as you've been saying? And he's like, is he wearing sunglasses right he's now? He's fucking rad. He is one hundred percent as cool as <laughs> like, everyone. Dude, he's every, everyone that you've been talking about. All, all, all the things that the 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 gossip. He's as cool as he that was guy. the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I, I well, stuck in a Snickers. Who would play well. him as a character in a movie? Like if there was so, a movie, a who would play him as a character? Like- Nicholas Cage. Oh, <laughs> done deal. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take this plane off. Oh. <laughs> plane <laughs> plane off. off. <laughs> uh, no, he wouldn't get off that plane. I don't know why he got back on. I mean, he, he had a daughter to go home to. Yeah, he did. Conair. <laughs> long, long-haired Nick Cage is a good cage. Uh, yeah, the best cage is long-haired Nick Cage. Uh, so. Yeah, so Al Lee delivered the cash-filled knapsack and parachutes to the pilot via the aft stairs. Once the delivery was completed, Cooper ordered all passengers, Schaffner, and senior flight attendant Alice Hancock to leave the plane. He said, get the fuck off. Oh, You guys are free to go. Everybody is allowed to go now that I have the— Get off. Wait, 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 wait. But all he has right now on the the taxiway is money and parachutes. Yes. So who is his hostage? The captain? Uh, The pilot's. 
and then yeah. two flight attendants, which I'll get to the names. Okay. Don't worry. I didn't leave out. I didn't leave out a single damn detail. <laughs> Wikipedia just, just, was very, just, very, very just lost kind to me. So much leverage, though. You're talking about still four got the, the pilots. You, know, you got you got people and the plane still, dude. Well, the yeah. plane it has no monetary value in this situation. Like, like well, the lives. press does. So if he blows that plane up and Northwest Orient's name is attached, the press, the bad press they'd have over of not diffusing a proper situation is worth way more than two. I don't think I don't think it's them. the airline at that point. Well, I guess they let him on. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, during the refueling process, Cooper outlines his flight plan to the cockpit crew. Uh, a southeast <laughs> course, cockpit, a southeast course towards Mexico City at the minimum airspeed possible without stalling the aircraft. Approximately Weird. 100 knots, which is 150 yeah. miles per hour, at a maximum 10,000 foot altitude. Maximum. Getting 10, the jet stream in there. Yes. Okay. Uh, he further specified that the landing gear remained deployed in the takeoff landing position. The wing flaps be lowered 15 degrees, and the cabin remain unpressurized. He's like, listen, listen, guys, I know you went to flight school and you took all these hours for <laughs> IFR, VFR training, but listen, I know how to fly this plane. Just do what I say. He's very specific. This guy's a fucking yeah, G, really. dude. Yeah. Like, like could he, he tell me how to live my life? Is this Pierce Brosnan? It, it might be Pierce Brosnan. Oh, hell yes. It probably is. It might be. Uh, <laughs> Co-pilot William Radizak. <laughs> I guess how you say his name. William co pilot William Radizak informed Cooper that the aircraft's range was limited to approximately one thousand miles under the specific flight configuration, which meant that a second refueling would be necessary before entering Mexico. Cooper and the crew discussed options and agreed on Reno, Nevada as the refueling stop. With the plane's rear exit door open and its staircase extended, Cooper directed the pilot to take off. Northwest's home office objected on the ground that it was unsafe to take off with the aft staircase deployed. Yeah. Cooper countered that it was indeed safe, but he would not argue the point. He would lower it once they were airborne. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The thing is, he's going to have drag in the air. Why does he want to have that, like... Uh, I don't know. Also, I mean, I why, guess he's trying to stay, he's trying to stay under 10,000 feet, and he wants that open. I guess he just wants the freedom to jump at any time? Yes. Okay. He indeed yeah. wants the freedom to jump at any time, which the, we'll touch on in a second. Also, I why did he I feel like if he had everything planned out, why would he have chosen such a northern like airport? Why did he go like north if he wants to go to Mexico? Why would he have chosen Nevada to be the airport? Apparently, they don't yeah, really, really. talk about it in the research. They do sort of talk about it in the aftermath of the case's investigation, and apparently it had to do with weather. By the way, Nick, this is is huh. crazy. Just so you know, this is epic. This is oh, like cool. blowing my mind. Sweet. Well, weather plays a role, but then again, I, I think this guy has everything under control. He had to have think about refueling. Yeah. Hmm. But I, don't, I mean, I, I think he, as prepared as he was, he was unprepared for the fact that this plane would have to stop again to but, refuel, even after refueling, because it was a puddle jumper. It was a tiny I ass. I guess, but I'm saying, like, if this guy knows how to fucking take off a plane, if he knows what the wing flaps do... He should know how much fuel's in a plane. He I guess it can book. go from at least Washington, D.C. to what? Where was it? Michigan or Wisconsin Nevada. first? S yeah. The first oh, yeah, stop. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, I guess it can go at least that far and however not long a, the next stop is. 1,000 miles is what it, it stops at, and that's close to 1,000 miles. It stops five times, so it refuels every single time. Uh, yeah. Which is normal. Usually, right. yeah. Um, you never want to run on E when it comes to an airplane. Right. Yeah, that would thing. suck. <laughs> I'd hate that. Uh, <laughs> I'd hate that. And, and I'd hate that. I hate, that. FAA, I hate that for you. 
an FAA official requested, which is FAA officials, a dumb fuck for doing this. Whoa. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm just saying. fired. Sorry. Uh, John's brother FAA, could be fired for this. He could be. We he's mentioned not him. FAA. He's the pilot. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, an FAA official requested a face-to-face meeting with Cooper aboard the aircraft, which was very quickly denied. He's like, listen, I've heard you're cool. I just want to I just want to talk to you and know how you're doing this. <laughs> yeah, like, because I'm, I'm bringing this, like, this bio on you. I'm writing this whole fanfic, and I'm just, I'm a big fan. Now, big, seriously, you, everyone out here is saying that I'm, like, the coolest detective cop, so... Like, if this were a movie, this would be the yeah. point where I come in and talk to you, and we go face-to-face, and we actually respect <laughs> each other and shit. Yeah, yeah we yeah, shake yeah, hands, yeah. and then we'll you let me jump way. out. <laughs> yeah, because so you have a daughter to- that you have to protect. And I understand that, because I have a lost son. So wait, they they haven't left yet. They're still on the, on the taxiway. Yeah, yeah, still on the taxiway. Okay. Um, okay. The refueling process was delayed because of a vapor lock in the fuel tanker truck's pumping There's mechanism. always a reason. Vaping. a fucking reason. And Cooper became very suspicious, but he allowed a replacement tanker truck to continue the refueling, and a third after the second ran dry. Yeah, I'd be really. I would have put the (laughs) bomb onto the captain and be like, "Like, oh, dude, this guy is stone cold cool." I would have been so nervous. It's just I'm nervous for him. I guess that you know those maybe bluffs. It's kind of like in football, uh, the the American gridiron style football. When it's a close game and the kicker's about to kick a field goal, you call timeout real fast right when he's about to kick. So a lot of times he'll kick it right as it's called, and he'll have to kick it again. And so it's a right. lot like that. It's I a feel lot like, like that, the extra pressure. But no one knows it's a bomb. There's no proof. They haven't swabbed it. No one knows it's real. It only, could just be plastic. Only, what was right. his name again? She just looked at it. But only she knows. But yeah, like if you, Johnny, if you made a, I could make a, a very convincing. I had I made a Ghostbusters backpack looks like a fucking bomb. Right. This is also 1974, right? 71. Like, 71. So she's not like, oh, I know what the circuitry of C, you know, like goes into yeah. a fucking bomb. I know what yep. C4 looks That's like. That's a bomb. Yeah, she's probably That's hadn't seen definitely no Terminator 2 yet, so she doesn't even know what the inside of a robot looks like. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> For, furthermore, I would I would say this guy is so stone cold cool. It doesn't matter what he could have brought in a potato with a wire attached to it, and they would have been like, "It's confidence, it's BDE, dude." Yeah. Right. And I'll say, yeah. if if you if you it's make it, uh, if you make the precedence that you belong somewhere, that you are there for a reason, no one will stop you. Right, right. dude. Yeah, I do it all the time. I literally I walk through. That's gates. how Johnny got his job at Yeah, I was like, this you guy? guy. I don't know. I thought he worked for you. I thought he worked for you. Ah, a year shit. later. <laughs> That's like, fuck. Uh, at approximately 7.40 p.m., the Boeing 727 took off with only five people on board. That was Cooper, pilot Scott, flight attendant Mucklow, uh, co-pilot Radizak, and flight Whoa, engineer H.E. Anderson. Uh, two F-106 fighter aircrafts were scrambled from McCord Air Force Base and followed behind the airliner, one above it, and one below, out of Cooper's view, to not freaking the fuck out. Okay. Uh, a Lockheed okay. T-33 trainer uh, diverted from an unrelated Air National Guard mission also shattered the 727 before running low on fuel and turning back near the Oregon-California state line, which is crazy. So he's got multiple planes around this one plane for this one Jets, dude no. who's hijacked an entire plane with a with an attache case. Attache, bro. They haven't signed anything or said anything like in his in his um, demands that say you can't follow me there. He literally is like, "Give me the money, 
and I'm going, and they are at night just tracking with him in the sky. Correct. Mm. It's crazy. Uh, I would be sweating my. Well, he can't see it though, right? It's above and below. He can't see it. But he can't see it. Can't hear it. Nothing. Probably would have figured though. He's got to know. We would have been sweating. Yeah, this is the Dosecki's guy though. I mean, he's no big deal. He knows what's like, going to happen. Apparently, one more bourbon, please. <laughs> the world. Yeah. Fate has him. <laughs> Uh, after takeoff, Cooper told Mucklow to join the rest of the crew in the cockpit and remain there with the door closed. As she complied, Mucklow observed Cooper tying something around his waist. To this, we don't know. There is no answer. I don't have it. Okay. I don't know what it is. Is uh, that a belt? It's a belt. I just won the World Wrestling Championship of 1971. <laughs> Stole it from Hulk Hogan. Fucking the thing. <laughs> At approximately 8 p.m., a warning light flashed in the cockpit indicating that the aft airstrip apparatus has been activated. The crew's offer of assistance via the aircraft's intercom system was curtly refused by Cooper. The crew soon noticed a subjective change of air pressure indicating that the aft door was open. At approximately 8.13 p.m., the aircraft's tail section sustained a sudden upward movement significant enough to require trimming to bring the plane back to level flight. This plane's porpoising in the air. Yes. Porpoising. I guess I know what that means. At approximately 10.15 p.m., the aircraft's aft airstrip was still deployed when Scott and Radizak landed the 727 at Reno Airport. FBI agents, state troopers, sheriffs, deputies, and Reno police surrounded that jet as it had not yet been determined with certainty that Cooper was no longer on board. But an armed search quickly confirmed his absence. Overall, there were five planes in total trailing the hijacked plane. Not a single one of them reportedly reportedly, reportedly saw Cooper jump. jump, and none of them could pinpoint a location where he could have landed. This motherfucker ah. said, hey... I'm going to Nevada or Nevada yes. to refuel. Yes. But he's not going to Nevada. He jumped out. And no one no one saw. No one saw. It was night. He was wearing all black, remember? Because he's all like, black. everyone get in the cockpit. Yes. I'm going to be here jumping yep. out. But he didn't say that, but that's what he's doing. Yeah. We're all black, had the civilian parachute, which could have uh, easily been disguised as any parachute that if anyone were to find it years later, yeah. they would just be like, oh, someone lost a parachute. Yeah. The average parachute. It's probably like Will Smith and Independence Day. Exactly. Cause that's that's where they had. I think that's they were in Nevada when he fucking landed. Right, because um, the genius. military ones, they probably would have had a tracker in it or something like a beacon. One hundred percent. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Okay. So God, he's yeah. smart. Is that the story ends? Hell no, dude. Uh, okay, here's the theory <laughs> number one. Right off the rip, son. You say they no none of the jets. Like there was a jet under him, right? I mean. Yep. Could have just been shredded it. to bits. But, uh, <laughs> what if he's a time traveler and he just like steps out of the plane, whoop, back into time, and whatever tied around his waist is his time travel belt? Yeah, but he's going to be like, like boop, boop. five years earlier, still at 10,000 feet in the air. Taylor, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to hold on to that. With yeah, a parachute. I and a I want you to, oh, bunch of money. That's important, Tay. Oh, shit, dude. That might, that might be a real theory. I want you to, that's very important. I want you to hold on to the supernatural side of this. Because, you know, the FBI is not going to look into that shit. But you know who will? Taylor, motherfucking Will do that shit. They rejected him as an FBI agent because he already figured out all the crimes. His his dick was too big. (laughs) Yeah, it was too big for the pants of the issue. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, So now the key points of the story lie within the actual crime, which I've just described in great detail. Uh, the investigation to follow is full of a lot of details, but spoiler alert, this is crazy. those details lead absolutely nowhere. While FBI, while FBI agents recovered 66 unidentified latent fingerprints aboard the airliner, uh, the agents also found Cooper's black clip-on tie, his tie clip, and two of the four parachutes. Yeah. 
one of which had been opened and two shroud suspension lines cut from its canopy. Local police and FBI immediately began questioning possible suspects, the first of which was named D.B. Cooper, uh, who had a minor police record, uh, and he was one of the first persons of interest in the case, but he was quickly ruled out as a suspect because he didn't do it. He had an alibi. Yeah, he wasn't there or something. Right. There was only uh, 30-some-odd people on the plane. If you're not on that plane, you had an alibi. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Uh... While a lot of the further investigation consisted of trying to figure out where Cooper could have dropped and finding the actual suspects, it all seemed to dead end over and over and over. The search operation went on to be one of the most extensive and intensive in U.S. history. Hmm. It's nuts. So they had no idea where he went. And they had all this, like, they found the parachute. They did, like, science and shit. There's stuff online. <laughs> science Dude, stuff. They're like, <laughs> if the plane was flying this fast at this time, yeah. and he, it was like the shit we learned in middle school that we're yeah. like, we're never going to use How many watermelons did he buy? Right, yeah. The trajectory yeah. with the wind and, like, what was the weather doing that night? He got he, blown this direction. He's yep. the one third grader that actually applied that math and was like, this this math textbook? This taught me how to hijack a plane. It's got a point right here. It's got a, all it's got the a way point. to Mexico. So at what point <laughs> he was in California, right? You say when he jumped, or where was he when he jumped? Uh, well, he it was between it was between uh, Seattle, yeah, and Nevada. Reno, Nevada. So Seattle, somewhere between Reno, there. Nevada. Okay, yep. a lot of wilderness up there to jump at and jump in. I bet, huh? I don't know. It's funny, funny you say that, Taylor. Okay. Okay. The FBI then tried tracking the serial numbers associated with the ransom money given to Cooper. And then uh, here's here's yeah, 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 yeah. here's a rundown sort of of the the next steps of what they found. Where's he spending it in the investigation? Yeah. So in, in 1972, a year later, two men used counterfeit twenty dollar bills printed with Cooper serial numbers, which were now public. Uh, what do you mean? They, the FBI hadn't made the serial numbers uh, public. If anyone to, saw them, they, if anyone yeah, yeah. If anyone found them, they would. And two people used them, but they were counterfeits. Yeah. They were counterfeit bills printed with Cooper serial numbers to swindle. $30,000 from a Newsweek reporter named Carl Fleming in exchange for an interview with a man they falsely claimed was the hijacker. Whoa. So that happened uh. in 1972. In 1978, a placard printed with instructions for lowering the aft stairs of a 727 was found by a deer hunter near a logging road about 13 miles east of Castle Rock, Washington. Is that, that the direction of the flight? Yes. Uh, That's but the opposite. It, yeah. That's where, like, the... South derived, so he would have gone that way. But then again, like that—that's—that's that's a coincidence. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. It's a coincidence. It is a coincidence. But is this a coincidence? In February 1980, two years later, eight-year-old Brian Ingram was vacationing with his family on the Columbia River at a beachfront known as Tina Bar, about nine miles downstream downstream from Vancouver, Washington. The child uncovered three packets of the Ooh. ransom cash as he raked the sandy riverbank to build a campfire. The bills were significantly disintegrated, uh. but, but still bundled in rubber bands. FBI technicians confirmed that the money was indeed a part of the ransom. Two packets of $120 bills each and a third packet of 90 yeah, but we're talking we're talking nine years after this incident. Uh-huh. Two years, that, I thought. No, no, two years uh, after uh, the, the the hunter found the book, but uh, nine years okay, after yeah, the yeah. actual flight. Mm-hmm. And this money was in water and it was wasn't damaged. Dude, if I put my money, if I put a so dollar bill slightly right? 
Yeah, it was slightly disintegrated. I know, but if I put my if I have a one dollar bill in my jeans and I wash them, it's gone. But it was right. it said it was wrapped in like plastic or something, right? Like yeah, it was in oh, packets. plastic. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was yeah. It was it was plastic was packets. Cool but even through the packets, it was it was found. What's well, it? Very little very money cool. though, right? I mean, that's not a lot of money. No, I mean it was it was one hundred twenty dollars bills and then th- uh, and ninety. It's two, two grand right there. Twenty dollars bills. Too easy. Wait, wait. Did you can you say one hundred ninety then? Yeah, so one hundred ninety twenty dollars bills. So that's what almost three grand. Yeah. No, four grand. Uh, yep. Uh, the craziest thing too is that they were all arranged in the same order as when given to Cooper. Caper. In, ni- in 1986, after protracted negotiations, the recovered bills were divided equally between Brian Ingram, who is now uh, 8 plus 6. I don't know math. <laughs> How old would that be? 14? Yeah, he's now 14 years old. And Northwest Orient's insurer. The FBI retained 14 examples of evidence. Okay. Ingram sold 15 of his bills at an auction in 2008. For thirty-seven thousand dollars. Oh wow! Oh, yo, that's that's tight. a great camping trip. Yo, that's, that's tight. a great camping trip. He probably spent. He he definitely uh, covered the cost of the campfire meat. I'm sure, like he's not going to pay for themselves. <laughs> Am I Dude, right? Nuts! Is that thirty-seven thousand? And that's Dude. only fif- fifteen of his bills. Fifteen. Because they're so wanted. Yeah, because it's it's a mystery. Yeah, it's like a uh, big, uh, yeah, big uh, America's most wanted. I'm sure, right? I mean. Absolutely, it's one of the biggest. I mean, it still it still is, and to date, none of the nine thousand seven hundred ten remaining bills have turned up anywhere in the world. Oh wow, which is wow. where did they very find the parachute mysterious. again? Huh? The parachute was on the plane. Remember, he asked one. for four parachutes. But, well, two, two were on the plane, and they. But did they find the other ones? No. Oh, they said that they were they were cut. Uh, no, he didn't find. They didn't find it. Oh, th- okay. yeah, he cut a rip cord. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. On July 8th, 2016, the FBI announced officially that it was suspending active investigation of the Cooper case, citing a need to focus invest- in its investigative resources and manpower on issues of high and more urgent priority. Local field offices will continue to accept any legitimate physical evidence related specifically to the parachutes or the ransom money. Uh, that may merge in the future. The 60-volume case file compiled over the 45-year course of the investigation will be preserved for historical purposes at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. On the FBI website, there is currently a 28-part packet full of evidence gathered over the years. All the evidence is open to the public to read. According to the FBI, their theory is that Cooper was a thrill seeker who created an alias based on a Belgian comic book character named (laughs) Dale Cooper. Uh, and that this whole hijacking was just to prove it could be done and create an adventure for himself. Hmm. They also believed he never survived the jump, but don't understand why they never found the body. Or money. Or money. The money. Or some of the money, but no body. How much was right. it again? $250,000? $200,000. And that's spread up into $20 bills? Uh, yeah. A so lot what of is that? Bills. A thousand. Is, it, is that 20,000 20s? Uh, that's a lot. I think ten, ten thousand, almost ten thousand. Yeah, it'd be yeah. ten thousand, maybe twenty thousand. Um, so in my mind, the body it only takes up I don't know how many, the volume like 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 of space you take up in, and your body decomposes. It doesn't spread out. Let's just say it, it, you die, you fall, you crash, you whatever, you submerge and you burn or you fall on a tree. Right. You're just your body, but you're, the money is like so much more spread. Like that's what I it blows me away. I mean, he could have died. 
mm. and gotten cut up with the money getting shred up in an engine or something, and then this is just money that because he was jumping Maybe. with this ransom money. But right. then some it, was found though. It could all have been explode? buried nearby, like you know, all the rest Maybe of the money could have been very nearby yeah. the other money. Maybe, Maybe he did it. I completely did it, survived it, and then I was like, I fucking did it. I'm going to bury the money, and then I'm going to... I know this kid. It's my my late brother's nephew. He's 14 years old. <laughs> right, I'm going yeah. to give him, you know, a, two, a th- hundred of these $20 bills, and he's right. going to, you know, maybe he, like... He just wanted to be the superior character. He's wanted to know he could why do Why did the bomb... It, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but if the if he jumped with the bomb and fell, mm-hmm. and the bomb hit the ground, why did the bomb... Why, did there, why wasn't there enough friction... To I, I cause the bomb to explode. We don't know enough about the bomb, period. Unless it was fake. Well, that, but like a lot of things, the, the point of a lot of bombs, like C4, for instance, is that it's not going to explode unless it has the right ignition source and the right chemical makeup to have that explosion. There's so many different like intricacies that like cause it to explode. Right. It's like the right chemical makeup. Yeah. So <laughs> like an actual, an actual impact doesn't cause an explosion unless that was the necessary trigger. Well, right. one thing like, that we looked up in that last uh, one of those Walking Dead episodes was, can you actually shoot red stick dynamite and explode it? Uh, or like, you know, throw it or something, or throw something at it. And it, the answer was yes. Yep. Well, in TV. And so that yeah. kind of, no, no, this life. was a real, real life, yeah, real oh, life really? answer. You, right, you can't do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so huh. I guess this red Impact. stick dynamite, whatever it is, you know, it's like, yeah, it, whatever the, the right strike. It would have exploded. Yeah, if you can hit it. Hard enough, I guess, with the right. Unless the right, I don't know, uh, or it was fake. Well, th- that's the thing. Like this whole FBI yeah, theory fake. about about this guy who called himself, you know, DB Cooper, basing D. B. Cooper his alias off of a Belgian comic book. The whole, the biggest thing about it is the way this all went down is that he hijacked a plane. He did it by a note. It was so figured out and so specific that this almost makes it seem like he was creating like an Indiana Jones type scenario for himself to live as a sort like of a legend thrills. Yeah. Like to like this is what he wanted he wanted to become the story himself uh and I feel like he did it but at what cost is that $200,000? Yeah, well realistically to, to though hiding? like okay let's say that's his mission and at the end of it he j- jumps out and dies and he's like well I succeeded somehow and that was the mission. It's like, well, well like, that's, no, you didn't succeed. Well, you just lost. You lost the mission. Game over. Well, to right. some people, it's not the it's not the money and the success afterwards. It's the thought to do it like the Manhattan Project movie where like it wasn't like he didn't want to kill anybody. He just wanted to make a bomb and say he could. I have a feeling that his mission was to achieve it, but he didn't have any any plan to, to spend it because I think that would have been – he would have yeah, probably he, got – Yeah, he would have had to convert found. it into some – Convert it at some point. I guess or there's a way to do that. I mean, it's done, right? People steal shit all the time. People steal cash and get it converted into some other form of cash. I don't know. I don't know well, how it's on, done. I've never done also, it. I, I do over legal borders. stuff. Well, that as well. But also, I have a feeling that that since only, I don't know, a third of that plane, let's say call it 30 people, might have seen him and looked at him for a long time, but the, the flight attendant, other flight attendant, and two pilots, that's like, let's say 60 people are the only people who know what he looks like. And, like, the witness account, like, that's not, there's no pictures of him. Right, but no family, yeah, like, no one attached to well, him, because Well, because it's a character. Because he it was, a, it was a persona. But he was still a person. Well, he's D.B. Cooper. He's, you know, the the D. Badass Cooper, the Coopers, the, co- the yeah. coolest. But Dale Cooper. Cooper. And he doesn't have a mom, a dad, a brother, sister, but kids, a wife, but love interest. But his name is, is a secret. Right, but the people who knew him up it? to that point, like, they... He gave 20 grand to his kid. 
to that kid. Maybe he paid him off to shut up, but like there was a very detailed drawing of how he was described, and I think oh, was there? Yeah, I don't know why anybody didn't come out. You're like, mm. I know who that man is. Well, I mean, didn't a lot of people do that? A lot of people came out and were like, uh, you know, a lot of people throughout time have been like, oh, 95% is this person. 95% is this other person. And so like that, that's a big piece, Taylor, is that they're, that they're ha- like between, so, so yeah, so the little, the little wrap-up piece here uh, is that between 1976 and 2016, the FBI processed over a thousand serious suspects, which included uh, assorted publicity seekers which is what you're talking about, and, a, yeah. and deathbed confessors, which is also what you're talking about, Taylor, in a way. Ah. Uh, but nothing more than circumstantial evidence could be found to implicate any of them, all being linked by no more than conjecture or crackpot claims of responsibility. How old was was he when he hijacked the plan? Roughly 40s? If, yeah, 40s. This is 1971, so that would have made him uh, 70 by 2000s. Uh, 70, 80, He'd be dead by now. What? Correct. Hmm. Well, let's see. That's there's no. like through his through his nineties. Yeah, dude. If he's forty in nineteen seventy one, yeah, well, then, then at thirty to two thousand, and then it's two thousand eighteen. So that's that's what ninety something. Yeah, ninety. I mean, but yeah. Hopefully, he's an old man. Hopefully, that, that'd be that, a really old man. That's low forties. I'm gonna say he's dead. Especially if he's a, if he's as much of a badass, he did way other things that probably got him killed. He probably like shook hands with a tiger and didn't make it through. You know, this guy's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, it's 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 crazy, but not as crazy as the synchronicity or, or fate that comes into play here at the very end of okay. the story. Oh. Just a few days ago, on Tuesday, November thirteenth, a new suspect has entered the fray. No way. Wait, 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 wait. Like 50 years later? Weird. Like, I know who it is. Yep. Pee Wee Herman? Or Paul. What's his name? Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Nick's, yeah. Nick, Nick's, Nick's like ripping out a pen right now. He's like, Is it like a, <sighs> like I'm a, a badass? Someone that we would know? Like a, a celebrity we would know? According to news reports. Wait, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I was, was going to say No. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> According to news reports, an anonymous U.S. Army data analyst delivered his own research to the FBI in the summer and claimed that there were too many connections in his analysis to simply be a coincidence. The researcher determined that a man by the name of William J. Smith was the person who hijacked. Will Smith? William <laughs> J. Smith. Wait, wait what, what? Not Will Smith, Will Smith. William Big J. Willie Smith. Smith. Wait, who's Will Smith? Like Will Smith, Will Smith? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. What's, Will, what's Will Smith's middle name? Uh, Jerome? Jaden? I don't know. Jaden? Oh, my what's gosh. His, what, what's his uh, middle name? Uh, let's look it up. Carol. Carol? Yeah. William Car- w- Willard Carroll Smith. So he's in the clear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I so expected. The, but, uh, this <laughs> army guy was like, data analyst, data analyst was like, hey, I know it's anonymous. Will, this Will. guy's completely anonymous. Came out this week. Well, this last week, according to the episode. So the, the, the 13th. So you're saying is that Taylor's was the episode and yours is the news? Huh? You're saying you, this whole thing's a news segment. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> all, this is all a giant current news segment. Uh, oh, wow. That's crazy. So what, what are the details? Is it like, is he dead? Uh, so 
because so, so yes, the man is the, the, William J. Smith uh, is deceased. Okay, he Old. served in the military. Uh, the base that he was stationed at was very close to where he resided in the Washington area, which is why he knew the stuff about Tacoma, the stuff about that the Air the Force flights, Base yeah. is 20 miles away. And he knew all those th- those things because he was in the military. But because this is a brand new piece of evidence, the story is still developing. We don't know, and the FBI has yet to respond because this is so new. So you're saying okay. is that he served in the Army as a badass, yes. as serving our country, yes. and came back after, let's assume he toured, I don't know, and get, came back and was like, I it was a badass enough. I, I, I need more to, to fuel my... More badassery. To, I serve my country and my government. I'm going to take some back. Sure. Wow. But I mean, think about it. Like, it all adds up. The military parachute thing. Yeah, he having some military, training, knows. knowing the planes. Must it, I was, yeah. had pilot experience. Yeah. yeah. Knew exactly how to handle all it because you have to be a, a savant, a genius yeah. to know how exactly things are going to pan out with the FBI, with, with refueling. There's so many it's factors like that are 11, so key. You know? It is. You have to know. And this makes sense, and it adds up. But like I said, the FBI hasn't responded at all, uh, and hopefully they will because this is a, a story that's still developing. And if it does develop further, we will post updates on our Facebook page and on our Instagram. Uh, but the biggest piece to take from this is that after all these years, uh, William J. Smith, if this is the man, which is very cool that it happened, uh, uh, it's crazy. This, while this you know, podcast yeah, is going while on. While this podcast is going after all these years, this case has a new suspect connected to it, uh, even though the suspect is deceased. All in all, though, time could have been what saved Cooper. But at what cost do you stay hidden with all that cash? We'll never know because he's dead. Uh, but what I do know is that knowing I wanted to do an episode about D.B. Cooper for some time now, and on the week of writing it, there is a new suspect. You can call it a coincidence, but I'll just sit here calling it synchronicity. <laughs> What a wrap up! Oh my god, that is pretty crazy, dude. I just hovered above the Holy ground. Holy shit! Holy crap! Well, what about his, what about what about well, a lot of checkmate Smiths. under <laughs> an hour and a half, bitch. There are a lot of Smiths in the world. <laughs> I half my family are Smiths, so can they like find his relatives and be like, hey? So they found him. They he has a wife. They said he has a wife and a best friend, and and the, the <laughs> who reports, doesn't? Right. The reports online. Apparently, the wife was somehow connected. The best friend was somehow connected. What? Um, there's there's a, there's quite a bit of theory from this this data analyst, um, who who just turned over all this research, and yeah, I mean the thing is he's deceased and the case was closed. The investigation was shut down in 2016. Um, it's over. I mean, how do you even if he was alive? Man? Like, the case was closed, right? I mean, could they? It's like question. the statue, statue of limitations. limitations. Yeah, I don't, yep. yeah, that comes into play. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. But yeah, like, Well he's, done, Mr. Mr. Uh, Smith. I mean, his, his name is now cooler. Mr. Holy shit, Williams. wait a second. In, in Men in Black, what was Will Smith's fucking name? Jay. Holy shit, oh. William J. Smith. My God. Dude. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> nice. Just today, when we were eating the pie, I quoted Ben in Black too, and I was like, it's good pie. <laughs> More sugar water. It's <laughs> synchronicity. number one. Uh, yeah. And that was when he, when he, when he, when he flashy things his partner, his new partner, after, uh, after K goes, uh, and he has, settle down, have a bunch of kids. Okay. <laughs> so, dude, there's so much synchronicity. Will Smith, crazy. That's a lot of it's, synchronization uh, there. 
That's fucking balling out of control, man. I I picture the per- I've seen the uh, you know the drawing of him a bunch of times, so I picture Burt Reynolds in my mind. So it's like could have been Burt Reynolds, right? But it could have. I mean, if you give him a mustache, yeah, it could have been Burt Reynolds. Sure. <laughs> I think I envisioned him with a mustache. Huh? Wait, wait, hey Nick, what's up? Describe. I think you know more, Taylor. Describe DB Cooper, like physiognomy. What what do, what does it look like to you? Oh, I described it. Yeah, he's the, got some big aviators on. I remember him with a mustache. I guess he doesn't have a mustache. Yeah, big I see aviators. A uh, nice trim haircut uh, and a track jacket. That's what I picture him in. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. So apparently there were copycat hijackings as well. So this was not the first time. Uh, this was the first time. Hell oh, yeah, I would have fucking copycat it. I'm, I'm not going to. Don't track me down, government. But like, yeah, it's a cool role model. He's a fucking badass. Yeah, it, it mostly happened in imitators, a flurry of imitators. It happened in 1972. One man uh, hijacked a plane from L.A. to New York City. He demanded $306,000 in cash. It's a very specific amount. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, and after the aircraft landed, he was shot and wounded and then arrested oh, by the FBI. Shit. <laughs> um, there was an Army veteran named Richard Charles Lapointe. Lapointe. Uh, who demanded $50,000, two parachutes, and a helmet. Uh, <laughs> He's like, he, I can do it better. <laughs> a helmet. helmet a, a Raider's helmet full of uh, cottage cheese? Yep. That's, it's a, it is a Raider's helmet. Is it really? <laughs> uh, he dropped in Colorado. And his footprints were seen in the snow, and he was apprehended a few hours later. Fucking idiot. Uh, Richard <laughs> McCoy Jr. hijacked a plane that left Denver and diverted to San Francisco. He bailed out over Utah with $500,000 in ransom money. He landed safely, but was arrested two days later. Uh, another guy, Frederick Hahnemann, demanded $303,000, landed in Honduras, his country of birth. A month later, the FBI, in pursuit and a $25,000 bounty on his head, sur- uh, he surrendered at the American Embassy. Yeah. And then uh, Rob Heady demanded $200,000 and two parachutes. He jumped into a lake and was arrested there the next morning. <laughs> then, Imagine being D.B. Cooper or this Will J. Smith and being like, all right, I, I crushed these it. Assholes. These fucking assholes are ruining my rep. Like, they're they're making it look like, or, or making them look better, I don't know. Making them look better, yeah. He's like, man, all these people are trying to do it, and they can't. They can't do it like D.B. did, and like Will, Willie J. did. Yeah, so one of the biggest pieces, of the, I didn't include this because it was just it was too much, uh, in April of 2013, Earl Cassie, the owner of the skydiving school that furnished the four parachutes that were given to Cooper, was found dead in his home uh, in the suburbs of Seattle. His death was ruled a homicide due to blunt force trauma to the head. Ooh. Was it was it by using one of those suitcases? Maybe. Hmm. But they never found the guy Ooh. who killed him. The perpetrator Atache. remains unknown. Atache. And conspiracy theorists believe that it was linked to Cooper's case. Very weird. Huh? Yeah. Shit's weird, dude. I wonder why. So you, like, I wonder what what the parachute guy would could have done, could have known. Okay, hypothetical. I'm throwing you guys. Yeah, do you hypo. think? Do you think he is alive? And no. What do you? Well, okay. Not aside from aside from age, I guess. Like lived until death. Lived yeah. Until yeah old so age. Like, do you do you think he survived? Do you think he used the money? Like what? Like what? Okay, he jumps on the plane. We know that happened. What happened next? Uh, Nick, uh, Taylor. <laughs> so I would say 
either two things happen. If he survived, if he didn't just uh, immediately get obliterated by this jet, <laughs> blood everywhere. <laughs> if that didn't happen and he actually parachuted out and was just unseen in the night, got away, I would like to think that this guy was so smart that he has some process, black market stuff, where he can transfer these bills into other bills. And the ones that the ones that were found could have possibly been left as decoys. Uh, like, oh, yeah, here's some of my shit. Think I died. Or at least, you know, raise more questions. But really, I took, you know, 90% of it, 95% of it, and I went to some other country or whatever, traded them on the black market for some other whatever, anything. Got some other type of currency. Well, then where's all that money? Like, we I'd really say, that yeah, one. that other money could be spent, like, on in other markets, maybe? Like, in, like, non-U.S. places? Like, if, like who's going to scan the bill, right? Like, if it's just being That's used true. in these markets elsewhere, like, who scans the bill, you know? If it like just doesn't enter a bank or whatever. And there's a guy who's like... Uh, this is a uh, American bill, and he's like, "Yeah, it totally is American bill. You're gonna give me like these like things of gold." And he's like, "Are you a DB Cooper?" <laughs> yeah, but right, like, no, yeah, he would probably have someone in another country though, like that. Yeah, and it's boom, here's all the bills, and that person's just like, "All right, DB we got a bunch Cooper. of bills." And, well, it's, it's dirty money. You know, it's currency to them. I'm sure somehow it could be used as currency, but not in the yeah. same way here, like non non regulated. But if you knew the right people in the '70s, when like drugs and all that shit were big all he, could, he had to do yeah. was take this two hundred thousand dollars and be like hey i'll i want to i need to clean this money can clean you give more. me a hundred a hundred thousand of your money and i'll give you a hundred thousand this money and then you can go to somebody else or split it up and say here's 20 years 20 20 20 20 20 still they're gonna spend it somewhere and that could be like yeah but if people do it for a living and have this yeah they know drugs, how to do it i mean there's a way to do it apparently because it's it gets done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, blow was real. It's like a real story. So doesn't explain why that lot of cash was found by that kid. Uh, I, I think could be left where... as a decoy, though. I mean, if you're gonna get away, you know, why wouldn't you leave a little crumb? Could to like raise the yeah. question and at least throw some doubt on the fact that you did get away. Or it could have fallen out of because if you had the bomb yeah. in the briefcase, yeah, you're right. That's a shit ton of money. How do you strap that money to yourself, jump out, and not lose any in the pressure of the fall? I'm talking about D.B. Cooper, dude. This guy is fucking... I mean, yeah, he's a badass, he's a badass. But, like, I think that, that it just happened to fall. I don't think that's where he landed. You guys have seen Point Break, right? That kid who jumps out of the plane, he drops so much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See the that's ground, big, Johnny. Fuck you. <laughs> that's a big part of it. I think that, you know, losing a, losing a stack of money... Is is fine. I mean, he lost. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's not Whoa. he's not mad that he lost two grand, four grand. Shit ton. Right. It says here. I actually look. I was like not sure about the amounts we were talking about. It says here a shit ton is equivalent to twenty four metric ass loads or <laughs> one tenth of a fuck ton. <laughs> so I guess it probably was about oh, a shit ton. <laughs> one fourth of a metric fuck. Ton. I like that. You. <laughs> I was like really ready for that. You did that math. <laughs> My uh, God, yeah. a metric foot ton. So is a buttload way smaller than a shitload? Oh uh, well, no, an ass load. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's is uh, twenty four ass loads uh, is one <laughs> shit ton. <laughs> so buttload oh and an ass load, I guess, God. are pretty similar. Oh, that's oh, metric, you know. Holy shit! <laughs> is this, this is a metric or imperial? What is this? Taylor? This is metric. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, guys, do you have any parting thoughts about DB Cooper before we wrap Dude, this up? I, I, I think if he made a persona, if there was no money found, I think he disposed of the money somewhere, and it is. I don't think he either used it or he used it in small. I don't think it was ever used, and he might have thrown them off by putting that that wad of cash. But I think he did survive, and he just buried it somewhere. It could have. Yeah. I mean, DB Cooper's wealth uh, could be somewhere, but who's to say? Like. Yeah, this was a hijacking. It didn't hurt anybody. No one was harmed. He was a right. nice guy. Apparently, it was really nice. He picked up some tabs, right, and bought some meals. Yeah. He he's bought literally meals, did all the that. nicest guy. But <laughs> he's a nice guy besides hijacking a plane in two thousand thousand oh, dollars. Okay. No, it's like that episode of uh, Workaholics where <laughs> Topher comes over and it's like, dude, we cannot like be friends with this guy. And yeah, but he's like, he's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> dude, that episode's so good. <laughs> but it's like, who's to say that if you're a a thrill seeker who wants something if you watch film you watch cinema and you want to live that but you don't want to harm anybody you just want the thrill of it and you want the story mm-hmm. of it i mean he probably sat back for a long time seeing these news reports oh my god that probably felt so good the mysterious db cooper struck and then disappeared completely like i think that's the whole concept of and then we'll talk about this other episode uh the zodiac killer is he did fucked up stuff like Wait, that's twisted but isn't that ted cruz what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we know that's Ted Cruz? <laughs> uh, and there's a whole story. I think the, the Zodiac Killer sort of had a wrap-up, but for the, the long period of time, the Zodiac Killer found so much joy in watching himself yeah. be picked apart as like a piece of fiction. It was... It's like it was yeah, so that part of it's probably pretty enjoy. You know, it's you can enjoy that. I mean, just like a badass athlete or, you know, a celebrity actor or rock star is. I mean, we make them into these... These stories, you know, these things that they they are, I guess, but maybe, you know, are at moments. You know, but you make them into the story, the story of Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's kind of similar. And he's still been, I mean, the story of D.B. Cooper has been told on different television shows and, and, and films and things like that. So, like, he has created his own story. And I think because he didn't hurt anybody, because it was so specific, because it was so precise... I th- I really do believe that this is a guy. I think the FBI's theory is bang on. Like this is a guy who just wanted to do something that was cool as shit and safe. And you know, the whole idea is that he could have given that money back, and he didn't need money. It was just the thrill of it all that right. got him through it. But then the theft would have gotten him. In but trouble. maybe he needed the money. Maybe there was someone who needed the money, or maybe there was something that when that he needed or maybe he figured out that that could be the amount of money he could live the rest of his life for and could kind of go on this sort of adventure like Indiana Jones i don't know maybe he's yeah. not a bad guy i like that I'm, explanation man i like the explanation too. that he was just like yeah i just want the thrill he somehow knew that he's like i can't spend this money anyways that's how i'll get caught so he's like fuck it i'll just get away with it and just feel good about it for the rest of my life i don't know that's pretty that's a warm ending if you ask me no matter no matter what he did with the money, he did what he did and didn't get caught, and that's all that really matters. Would you not right. say it on your deathbed, though? I probably would. I, I would. I don't know. Maybe because I'm selfish. It depends on the person. Greedy. Man. Well, it, well, and like, I think it's the idea of would they come after the family and would it put the family through right, such yeah. turmoil? They would have that he to would prove go. like that they, they somehow didn't have the money. I guess. Right. Or at least like. If you're not going to pass the money on, but how can they prove he's dead? How can they prove it's him, anyways? They can't. 
Because because DNA because you fucking like there's no DNA maybe there is attached to like there's no DNA at all yeah like there's no way to fucking prove it I'm sure but, that plane's out of commission as well yeah if there's a story though and the family really has a story there's money to be made there so it's worth verifying right. somehow but to, to to what Johnny is saying too like I think there was a point where the FBI I'm sure was just like well, what the fuck are we doing because we don't have any DNA all we have is a sketch of what this mm-hmm. guy looks like which. And one night Could be of anybody. evidence. Yeah, and people one just talking about how fucking cool and nice he was. Like, this does not help people. <laughs> yeah. The FBI worker is like, man, I could be working on this hard evidence case that has all these different, like, alibis. Someone murdered like, 17 people in this, one night. This, this is pretty cool. Like, this guy, I want to wear this yeah. one because it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't even work. I'm enjoying this. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like, at the end of the day, the the persona that he gives off is just so debonair and so, like like, like, I don't know, just chill. That like I I don't I don't think I would ever give it up. I would never be like, yeah, it was me. Yeah, I guess that adds to the chill factor. That's Kaiser Soze, man, freaking usual suspects. Right. I guess yeah. all, holding it to the grave. That's the ultimate. Nick, ultimate. Nick, that was a crazy episode, man. I, I this is a I cool. Like it's it. different. It's not a conspiracy theory. There are conspiracies. Really this happened. is a mystery. Like this, it's a crazy mystery. This is Danny Castellaro. It's a mystery. This is the the decast, bro. Mystery cast. Mystery Wait, Jenny Castellera, yeah, DB Cooper. Jenny Castellera, D. Cooper. Oh, yeah. Guys, if you have a hypothetical you want us to talk about or a thought you'd like to share about today's episode, great news. You can shoot us an email at hybrothoughts at gmail.com. Uh, say hello. Who knows? Maybe your hypothetical will be featured on next week's episode. Also, make sure to head over to the Facebooks and give us a like at facebook.com slash hypotheticalthinking. We're on the Instagrams as well, posting personal pictures about our life. Post a uh, we're pic- also hypothetical thinking there. We're on the Twitters, which we barely use because uh, we How do you don't use enjoy, none of us enjoy social media. Uh, TV. We're the we're at the Hybros on on Twitters, and then we're at the Hybros on XOTV, which is a brand new app that you guys should check out. Uh, we're going to be on there uh, quite a bit here in the next couple weeks because we get to spend uh, pretty much uh, two weeks together in two different cities. Again, we're going to go two weeks together, a month off, two weeks together, a month off, and then two weeks together. You're damn right. Oh, wow. Tight. It's going to be great. <laughs> so surprise, Taylor. Surprise. You're coming with us. What? What? <laughs> For work because we're going to go work. What are the next cities? We have San Jose, New Jersey, yeah, uh, I know those Phoenix. Two. And Portland. Portland. Banzai. Banzai. All right. Well, awesome. Okay. God, we're uh, 35 weeks into this and we still suck at yeah. wrapping up. Well, we all just kind of like look at like Johnny and I just like, going to stare at each other like, all right. I can't say the ending. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, guys, uh, I've been uh, I've been one of your three hosts. Uh, I'm, hi, I'm Nick. I've been Taylor. 33 point something percent of the host, Johnny. And we are the high bros. The golden ratio we are. And Atlantis exists. Guys, we'll see you, uh, <laughs> we'll you next, next week, everybody. A happy, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Oh, yeah, cool. Give some thanks. Give some thanks. We're thankful for you. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>